Happy Holidays, church. I pray this Thanksgiving break has been good to you. It's been refreshing. If you're able to get uh, extra time off, spend time with your family, with your children, uh, maybe even get to see some some people that normally you don't get to. Um, it's different, though, this year, but I pray that it was still good and it was still more than you could ask for and that you did something with your leftovers. Amen. Well, today I'm ready to bring you a new message, and I pray that you're prepared for it. I'm excited for it, and I, I just kind of some backstory to it. You know, when I was younger, I used to get a stick, you know, whatever good stick I could find, and just draw stuff in the sand and make pictures, right? And then as I got older, I was like, man, you know what? I could actually use this, right? And so, like, say I'm playing football with some friends. We could draw plays in the ground and and use the, you know, the line to... to to help get things we want to accomplish. But then as you get older, you get into junior high and eventually um, high school, you're called to draw a different line. You're called to draw a line to show, you know, who you're going to hang out with, who you associate with. So it's a different different type of line, but one that demonstrates, um, man, where we stand and actually sets us on the path forward and for what's to come. And for me, I really thought, man, I knew the line I was drawing. I knew what I was doing. Um, and as I look back now, I can see there was red flags. But at the time, I thought, you know what? That's probably the case for everybody. And so I didn't pay no big mind to it. Um, but that line that I drew, it ended up leading to me to many nights in a jail cell. Um, many nights, man, that I didn't even remember what was going on. And many waves of turmoil that followed. And so today's message is called Line in the Sand. Line in the Sand. So we're all called to draw a line in the sand demonstrating where we stand, what we believe, and what we will allow to influence us in the choices that we make. What you choose is ultimately up to you. It's up to me. We all have that power, right? Um, But when we surrender our life to Jesus, He is drawing the line for us. So the question I want you to ask yourself today, are you on the right side of his line or is it something that you need to get back to? We're going to be in James chapter four, verses one through ten. And of course, um, before we dive in, I always want to pray, man, just making sure that we're in the right mind frame, uh, that the Holy Spirit is clear speaking to us. And that all distractions are pushed to the side. So let me just pray. Father, we just thank you um, for extra time to spend with the ones that we love. And uh, we thank you for opportunities to share the leftovers. Uh, sometimes we think of leftovers of things. Uh, we think of things that don't have much value. But Father, everything that you give us has value and it has purpose. So I just pray that we would be people that recognize that that people that are efficient in the way that we choose to do things and that we would honor you in the way that we live. And so as uh, we we talk about this line today, Lord, I just pray that if we are not on the right side with you, that you would make us aware of it and you would help us bring us back there. And, and if we are on that side, Father, that you would reinforce um, the things that are going on around us to help us continue impressing into you. And so Holy Spirit, man, just Keep our hearts open, uh, keep our our eyes and our ears open, and help us receive double portions of you today. 
um, so we can continue to do the good fight, continue to honor you and lift you up in places that you're needed. Father, we love you and we thank you for everything and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, James chapter 4, verse 1 through 10. I'm reading in the NLT today, and let's jump right to it. Verse 1 says, What is the cause, or what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you do ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? That that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him? And he gives us grace generously. Has scripture say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hand, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Whew. James was spitting that fire. He came hot. He came ready. But we all need that sometimes. We all need somebody to keep it real with us, to be truthful with us, to not sugarcoat it, right? Um, because if people are too kind and not saying that we shouldn't be uh, speaking in love, right? We want to speak truth with love. But we all need to hear the truth. And sometimes we can have people around us that just agree with everything and are not being you know, truthful to us and loving to us the way that we actually need. And so James is not that person. James is the person that is going to call it like it is. And he's doing it because he loves us and he wants us to be on the right side of the line. And the first thing he wants us to be aware of, war is waging. War is waging. Just because we don't see that there's a battle going on doesn't mean that we aren't in one. We as people have somehow really, man, just formed a bad habit of ignoring the Holy Spirit and ignoring all these different things that we don't want to acknowledge that certain things exist. But why is that? My guess is we probably think that if we don't think it exists, then we don't give it an existence. Um, but if I went to the dentist and they told me, hey, man, I need all this work done and I'm going to set up these appointments and these procedures got to take place. It would make sense that I would say, OK, I'm going to schedule it. I'm going to do what they say so I can avoid further harm for myself. But if I went home and I was like, man, my teeth don't really hurt that bad and my teeth look OK. And I, I don't know where they tripping. They just really trying to get my money and I ignore them. Then it doesn't change the fact that I still have serious problems going on. And I'm probably going to end up in a hurtful and harmful situation. The war is still raging, right? Man, the truth is the same in our life. Just because we try to act like everything's cool um, doesn't change the fact that there's a war going on around us and inside of us. And James is trying to make us aware of that because sometimes we forget it. Verse 1, he says, What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? 
Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? Woo. If you keep finding yourself arguing and fighting with some people, I know it's easy to look at their faults and be like, man, look, they're the ones, they're setting it off, and I'm just, I'm finishing it, right? But maybe, just maybe, we're part of the problem too. It's hard to have an argument if there's no one to argue with. It's hard to fight somebody if they're not going to fight back. James Flatout says, inside of us, there's a war waging. That evil desires are looking for opportunities to come out. And when we engage in these things that are poking poking at it, right, and provoking it, then we are allowing these evil desires within ourselves to, to take over. And that's a war that's constantly going on. And we try to think, oh, no, nah, man, I, I don't have that type of problem. But the truth is, we all have this inside of us. In verse 2, he goes on to say, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and, ki- and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. That war that is waging inside of us can have you plotting and scheming for a want. Not a need, but a want. Okay? You gotta be careful. It can create jealousy to the point that, man, it overtakes you and it has you fighting. Um, just to make it yours. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you've seen that movie Friday. But there's a character on there named Debo. And Debo would just ride his bike. And he would just take everything from everybody. Right? And that's what, how we become. When we allow our sinful nature to control us. When we try to see something that doesn't belong to us. But we want it. Even though we don't have the means. Or we even ask God for it. We're just trying to go and snatch it. We're trying to go and Debo people. God's probably looking at us. You know like oh my gosh. This is supposed to be my child. He probably got the emoji face, the hand on the face. Like, I can't deal with these people. They don't forgot who their father was because I didn't raise them that way. But don't get mad at God for not moving the way that you want in a situation where you don't include him. He's your dad. But ultimately, it's up to us in the choices that we make. Verse 3 says, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. You might be asking, man, I've been going to God first and I've been asking him for things and he still ain't showed up and done what I've asked. Remember, he ain't your genie, okay? You ain't Aladdin. I've said that before, but check this out. Maybe God is coming through saving you from yourself. Maybe he is answering you and he knows the very thing that you're asking is the last thing that you actually need right now. Hmm. That's something to think about, right? He's like, you know what? You asking for this, but check this out. You aren't even in a position of submission, meaning that you aren't acting like he is your Lord and Savior. You over here flipping the script and acting like you're on the throne and that you're his Savior. That's not how this works, okay? That's not going to fly with God. Verse 4, it says, you adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be friends of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. It's hard to win a war if you're in bed with the enemy. Mm. Something I posted the other day that I seen, it says, man, you're meant to be the bride of Christ. So that doesn't mean you could be the side chick of Satan too. Let me say that again. You're meant to be the bride of Christ. So that means you can't be the side chick of Satan too. It's not going to work like this, man. I saw a different friend of mine saying, 
you man, how did it go? I can't even remember. But it's something similar to that. And Satan would love for us to stay in that position of us trying to play the fence, trying to ride the fence, thinking it's okay to, to, to be in the middle, but it's not. God is saying, look, man, you got you you saying you're on my side? Because if you're not, then you against me. That's just the bottom fact of it all. And it's disrespectful to his love and to Jesus' sacrifice whenever we do this. The line is drawn. We've already have a war raging inside of us and around us. And God is doing a number to work transformation through us. But when we ignore it, when we resist it, when we do the opposite of his will and his word, we're making ourselves an enemy to the very God who is fighting for us. War is waging. Church, let's be on the right side. Let's be on his side of the line. Amen. There's another thing that James is trying to make us see. God didn't choose you to lose you. Okay, he didn't choose you to lose you. A lot of times we look at our life and I know everybody goes through different situations and different challenges and it affects you, you know, on different distinct levels, um, emotionally, physically, spiritually, mentally. I, I get that, but it doesn't change that Jesus uh, is capable to persevere and overcome these things. And that because we have a relationship with Jesus, when we press into Jesus, we are capable of the same thing through him. Okay? A lot of times we like to look at our past and we look at our life before Jesus and we try to play it out the same way as a life with Jesus. But it's not the same. But you're like, man, I know God loves me, but I'm never going to be capable of all these different things that he's calling me to do. Stop it. Stop listening to the lie and stop trying to live your past life in a present life. Amen? There's nothing beyond God's ability when we enter in a relationship with Him. A true communion is going to make that same possibilities with Him become a reality with Jesus. Amen? Verse 5 says, Do you think that scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate that the spirit that he's placed within us should be faithful to him. Mm, I like that. So his word is more than just text on a page. It's a new breath for life. It's new strength in our pain. It's new clarity when we're in the fog. It's new resistance when the storm is hitting. It's new endurance when we're walking through trials. We each have his spirit. Okay, the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit that Jesus would go and, and heal people and cast out demons, do all these amazing things. The Holy Spirit is within each of us that when we allow it to direct us, faithfulness to him becomes organic. It's not forced. It's not pressured. It's not mimicked, but it's naturally produced. So if we're having a hard time being obedient following Jesus, it's probably because we're trying to do it uh, ourselves. We're trying to lean into our own will, into our own strength, instead of forgetting, man, you know what? I'm called to do it through the Holy Spirit. I'm called to do it through Him. And that's when we, when whenever we do that, that changes what's hard into easy. It changes what's foreign into our nature. It changes the whole game. Because now we're dependent on him and it's not even us. So we're doing things beyond us. Amen. Verse 6 says, And he gives graces, and he gives grace generously, as scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Mm. 
God, he's a generous giver of himself. He's going to withhold more of himself from you or me. But you have to be active in seeking him. Amen. America has made us spoiled to the point that we think everything's supposed to just fall into our lap or be handed to us. Um, but that's a, res a recipe to get served humble pie real quick. Because God has no problem giving you a big slice if you need it. Okay. The same is true when you're humble. You'll receive an extended amount of grace. More than you even deserve at the time. And I've seen both sides of this plenty in my life. There was one time I was being real prideful. And I was telling Desiree, like, man, I'm going to my dad's house. Man, whatever, I ain't trying to listen. And I took off and I backed out the car. And I hit the car across the street. Boom, just like that. I was like, I felt real dumb. I got humbled real quick. But then there's also other times where I've been real humble. And even though I've made mistakes, I've messed up. Um, and I thought, you know, there was going to be some huge consequences for those actions. I ended up getting huge amounts of grace and getting love in return. And so stay humble. Because if not, it won't be long before you get humbled. Mm. Here's the other thing. So we know that there's a war waging. We know that God didn't choose us to lose us, right? But it all comes to this. You have to pick a side. Pick a side. No one likes to be called out to have to pick a side. But when we don't make a choice, the choice is going to end up getting made for us. And I don't know about you, but I'm not cool with people making my choices, okay? So make the choice for yourself today. Verse 7 says, So humble yourself before God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Picking a side starts with humility, acknowledging you need help. That's okay. There's nothing to be ashamed of. We all need help. We're, all of us are a hot mess. All of us are not perfect. In fact, that's actually a great position of strength and power because you're depending on God versus trying to depend on yourself. That will make the devil flee because God will empower you to resist him and cast him away. The devil likes to be a puppet master. So he's never looking to leave. He's just only trying to pull your string and, and keep playing with you in new ways so he can accomplish his goals. But God ain't down with that. And when you pick a side and you're on the right side of things, you don't have to entertain that either. But you have to make a choice and don't let him make it for you because the enemy, he won't hesitate and he'll take a full advantage of you. Verse 8 says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. God's arms are never closed to you. They are always open, willing to accept you the way that you are and embrace you. But you have to make the decision to go to him. If you want a deeper relationship with God, man, you could get a deeper relationship. But you have to do your part. You got to be spending time with him. You got to be putting in work. You have to get close to God because he's never going to shortchange you. He's never going to give you less of himself. But at the same time. You know, the chair is empty and he's sitting there waiting for you to come sit with him. And none of us are perfect. We all have a package. We all have luggage that we come to God with. And that's okay because he's willing to sit down with us. He's willing to sort it out with us and show us what's good that we can keep, what we can get rid of. Um, he's loyal to us and he's just asking for us at the very least to be loyal back. Makes sense, right? Verse 9 and 10 says, let there be tears for what you've done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. 
Let there be sadness instead of laughter, gloom instead of joy. Humble yourself before the Lord, and He will lift you up in honor. Mm. Man, I know that conviction can be painful, but repentance from that conviction can actually be freeing. The enemy, he loves to use that shame and that guilt and try to keep us in a big old soup, just stirring and simmering in it to the point that we forget how good God is, how graceful he is, how merciful he is, how much he's willing to help us through these things. The enemy wants to keep us there. He wants us to push us away from God and to make us run away from God. When God's saying, no, run to me, run over to me. God is the father who's saying, come to me, my child. I'll walk with you through it. I'll use it to help grow you so you can be who I designed you to be. We're all a hot mess at times, but God can use that mess to make something beautiful when we come to him with it. Will it be easy? No, but it will always be worth it. The worst thing we can do is run from it. Church, we got to run to God. Allow him to use our worst experience so we can have his best all right, so we can experience his best. So my challenge for us this week is very simple. Get back to the basics. Get back to the basics. Remember, there's a war waging on inside of us and around us, but Jesus is capable of winning it, and he will win it, and he already has won it. It all starts understanding what side of the line that we're on. Picking a side, make sure that we're aligned with God. Understand that we're called to be people of humility in which we receive generous amounts of grace. we got to draw close to God. Not just when we have a need, but in all the times, right? Not running away from God because of our mistakes and our sins, but running towards God, seeking forgiveness and repentance, allowing God to use our faults to help clay, to use that clay and mold us into representations of Jesus. What does getting back to the basics look like for you? Spending time this week, I want you to pray and, and spend some time journaling about that and then make a plan. Make a plan of action to live it out. Get back to the basics. The holidays and everything going on in the world, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to fall off. But don't get bored with being in the routine of an intimate relationship with God and Jesus. We shouldn't. It should be something we look forward to. It should be something that's exciting for us. It should be something that's routine. Um, and it's, man, it's going to help make all the difference in everything that you face in this life. Because the war is waging. And even though we're not perfect, God didn't choose us to lose us. Amen? So pick your side. Draw a line today. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you um, that no matter what we come across in this life, you're willing to walk with us through it. Uh, you're willing to give us the keys, uh, man, to open doors that we never thought we could open for ourselves. And you're willing to help fight battles um, that are larger than ourselves. And so, Lord, I just pray today that we would do our part in getting back to the basics of whatever that means. Uh, spending time journaling, spending time praying, um, spending time working on, on the language of our mouth. Uh, whatever the case may be that you've been working on us, Father, may we not get tired or bored about it, but may we, uh, man, just find great comfort, great excitement, great enjoyment in the work and the transformation that you're doing. So, Father, we just thank you for today and we love you 
and pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Be with my brothers and sisters this week. Amen. All right, church, I love y'all. I pray that blessed you today. Remember, draw a line in the sand. War is waging. It's up to you to show which side you're going to be on. It makes all the difference in the world. I love y'all. Have a great week.